0: Well, let's give the Lord a big hand clap for praise. Look what the Lord has done. Oh, this ain't the living room of a house anymore. Look what the Lord has done. Praise God. Grab your Bibles. Uh, Man, there's so much I want to say, but I also want to be so mindful of your time. If my memory is right, the very first time I really met Brother and Sister Gaddy, we were both starting a church. We were at a home missions training seminar in Orlando or Apopka, Florida. And that's where our first connections were. And when he was starting this church, we were planning a church in Omaha, Nebraska. And so we kind of connected and stayed connected. And as he said, just some of our closest friends. And Brother and Sister Gaddy, what an incredible, what an incredible job you guys have done. But I also want to highlight. Landon and Maddie, thank you for partnering with your mom and dad. Even from the youngest of age, I'm saying let's do something great for God. Aren't you thankful for this great family? I love them dearly. It is an honor to be here. And my wife is with me, and that doesn't always happen. So we're so thankful that that happened this weekend. And I'm a practical jokester uh, I think I'm funny. My wife tells me often that people don't think you're as funny as you think you're funny. But I just think she's misinformed. I was in a meeting one time and I told her, I said, no, babe, I'm going to be in a meeting. So if you try to call me, I won't be able to answer. I'm going to be in a meeting. Well, I mean, the meeting hadn't started five minutes and she calls. So I did what any good husband would do. I ignored it. And then she called right back. And So I was like, okay, something might be wrong. So I said, pardon me real quick, just my wife. And just, she knows I'm in a meeting, so something's wrong. So, you know, hello. Well, as soon as she started talking, I knew something was wrong. And she said, she said Jimmy, I'm, I'm pulled over on the side of the interstate. She said, I have a police officer here right now. You're on speakerphone. I cannot find any of the information for this car. And I need you to tell me where it's at. And I said, Who is this? And she said, Don't do this right now. I need to know where this is at. And I said, Sir, if you can hear me, I don't know who this is, but I have reported that car stolen five minutes ago. Hey, I am thankful. That when I am in need and I call on the Lord, no matter how messed up I am, I'm glad He doesn't act like He doesn't know who I am. So I don't know what, you're, what you've been pulled over for today, but we've got a God that's ready to come to your rescue. The song said something supernatural can happen, miracles can happen in this place. God's not ashamed of you. And so, uh, we've been in marriage counseling since then. It's going well. And, uh, Habakkuk chapter number 2, verse 2. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. Now, if your vision and the vision of this church doesn't make people want to run, it might be the wrong vision. Some is going to make them want to run to it. Others, it'll make them want to run from it. But it's a vision. Now listen to verse 3. For the vision is yet, and here's the key phrase, for an appointed time. But at the end, or when that appointment is due, it shall speak. And the vision shall not lie. It may tarry a little bit, but wait for it. Because it will surely come. Now, I'm going to mess with your mind a little bit because it's 1122 right now. But that's going to kind of con- contradict what I want to preach to you on. So look at your neighbor and say it's 1035. I know it's 1122, but, but for the sake of the sermon, one more time, look at your other neighbor and say it's 1035. God bless you. You may be seated. Somebody shout vision. Throughout human history, there has been a persistent need for people who could develop, work, and implement a vision. Visioning is the pivotal point of progress. This whole weekend, this new building, All that God is doing here is the direct result of vision. The Bible so clearly and adequately says that without a vision, the people perish. Vision is important. It motivates. It challenges. It propels. According to our text... It makes us run. One preacher said it like this. Without a vision. The people will change parish. People want to be connected. To a church. With vision. Now. How many of you could, could agree with me. You are intrigued by flight. By airplanes. I mean I have always. Been intrigued by flight. I love airplanes when I was just a kid in Bible college we were so poor and there wasn't a lot to do that didn't cost money and this was long before 9 uh 11 so what we would do we I went to Texas Bible College in Houston and so we would go to the airport and you know you could kind of come and go in the airport as you pleased back in the day And we would ride the trams and we would watch airplanes come in and we'd watch airplanes take off. And it has always amazed me how something so big and so heavy could stay in the air and be controlled by a man and a stick. You've got to be inspired by that and if if there's even an a hint of 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 being intrigued by that then you would have to be inspired by the story of orville and wilbur wright because of the wright brothers i was in florida last night at 7 30 and i was in a hotel in arkansas a few hours later thank god for the wright brothers Some of you know the wrong brothers, but I thank God this morning for the right brothers. And on December the 17th, 1903, after years of tinkering and experimenting, these two brothers changed history by making a successful, powerful flight over the sands of what we know as Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. But here's what you may not know. That's actually a few miles. Kitty Hawk is actually a few miles from where they really took flight. The actual place where flight became a reality was called Kiel Devil's Heel. Google it. I'm telling you the truth. But someone figured they wouldn't sell that much merchandise 100 years later with that name. So they thought Kitty Hawk would sound better. But here's what, something I want us to think about. If we're going to do what God wants us to do, if we're going to advance, if we're going to continue to be the church that God wants us to be, then we're going to have to kill the devil's heel in this city. And I don't know where the devil's heel may be, but I know he has one. And I don't know what all the strongholds are, but I know there are some. But I want to remind you that Calvary's heel is still far greater than any devil's heel. And the Holy Ghost is still stronger than any stronghold. And greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. I just believe that we're going to kill something in the Holy Ghost today. And we're going to take flight and do what God has called us to do. If you believe that, clap your hands and shout amen. And so... Historians say that at the precise moment in time when Orville pulled away from the earth, it was 10.35 in the morning. It was at that moment that they knew sustained flight was possible. It was that moment that the vision had or met its appointed time. Now, I can't help but wonder what they were thinking at 1034. Just one minute before they knew what would happen. And we've all had the same wonder. We, we've we all thought, will this dream fly? 22 years ago, what will happen if we start this church? Will this building project get off the ground? Will this new ministry flourish? Will it all crash and burn? We shout at 1035 when we know but we dream at 1034 when we hope and I want to thank God that you're in this building and I want to thank God for every miracle that he's given you over the last 22 years but this is not a time to quit dreaming and I don't want to be that guy but this is not all that God has for you and this is not the end As a matter of fact, I stopped by to tell somebody it's 1035. We're just beginning flight. We may not know how it's going to all turn out tomorrow. We may not know how it's going to look 20 years from now. But I know God he that God God that has begun a good work shall complete it and shall perform it. Don't you sit there and say, now we can sit back and not worry about anything. This is all God can do in Cabot. You, do the airplanes still look like they looked in 1903? I dare say not. God's hand is still on this church and God's ready to take us higher and higher. And this is where most people, this is where most people, or why most people never take a risk. Because they're afraid of what they will have to do if it works. <laughs> and or they are afraid of what they will look like if it doesn't work. It may have been at some season of this church, 1034. 1034. Where you did not know it may be in your personal life right now you don't have your miracle yet it may be a minute away and you're sitting there wondering where's God it may be 1034 in your life but I believe it's close to becoming 1035 I believe we're going to take flight I believe everything, I don't want to play around with words, but I believe that everything is going to change for this church in the near future. I believe the anointing and the glory is going to lift us higher and higher. My message today is simple. You have an appointed time. God has given this church a vision, and that vision will not Terry, I want to preach to you today, don't be afraid. Don't let fear rob you. Don't let the enemy lie to you. Let's do what God has called us to do. If we can worry, then we can also worship. If we can doubt, then we can also dominate. If we can panic, then devil look out because we can also pray. I wish somebody would shout at me right now, it's an appointed time. Get your watch and say it's 1035. We went on vacation earlier this year, uh, my wife and I with some friends, and we went to Hawaii. We like Hawaii. That's kind of our little getaway place. It's far enough away that if something happens at the church, they'll probably have to figure it out. <laughs> but yet it's still in America that I can eat a hamburger that I like. And so that's our little happy place. And so we, we went to Hawaii and, and my wife talked me into to us doing something we've never done before. We we decided we would paraglide. And uh, so we were attached to a pilot, if you will. We were tandem and she had, you know, her own chute, I had mine, and and when we got there The way that we we were afraid that you were just going to like have to jump off the side of a mountain. Well, that scared me a little bit, you know. But it wasn't quite that bad. Really, the process was like this. We walked. We ran. We flew. Look at your neighbor and say, walk. Run. Fly. That's all you need to know to paraglide. I have helped you today. Go out and try it after church. So we we drove up this mountain. We we first drove up in our car, probably about 3,000 feet maybe, up this mountain. Then we got into a van with some other people, and we drove up uh, to about 6,500 feet. We were above the clouds. When we got to the top, they unpacked the chute and uh, we signed more papers that were not liable. They're not liable for this. They're not liable for that. Well, you know, after a while, you're signing more papers than you signed to buy a house. You start thinking. I hope this works <laughs> because they're obviously concerned that it might not. <laughs> and, and they unpacked the chute and they. They put a harness on us, and we were strapped to the pilot. He was behind us, and my wife is over here to my right. And we're standing on this little patchy uh, grass area on on top of this mountain. And and the man said, "You, you see that ribbon that was about, I don't know, 30 yards or so down the way? And I said, yeah, I see that. He said, okay, when I tell you, now this is our training. He said, when I tell you to start walking, walk, okay? And he said, when I tell you to run, run. I said, okay. He said, do not stop your feet moving until you don't feel any ground under your feet. And that was our trainings. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. So we're walking, running, no ground. Got it, got it, got it. And uh, what could possibly go wrong? And uh, so we're just there. We're waiting. And so finally, I was like, let's go. He said, no, not yet. He said, now, if you fall, I'm going to fall. He said, so let's not fall. I said, let me write that down. (laughs) Walk, run, fly, don't fall. Okay, let's go. Nope, nope, can't go yet. I said, come on, let's go. Can't go. I said, what are we waiting on? And this is the words he said. In order to fly, we need a little resistance. And I thought, hold on. (laughs) He said, as soon as I feel a little wind in our face. That's when we'll go. And I thought, good Lord, that's going to (laughs) preach. And it was at that moment that I had a revelation. That's why most of us never get off the ground. Because we look at resistance as something that would hinder. Something that would hold us back. Something that would keep us down. And yet God, that's what God's waiting on. He looks at it as fuel. He looks at it as wind. He looks at it as lift. God says that resistance that you're feeling right now, that resistance is fighting against your family, I'm going to use that not to keep you down. I'm going to use that to get you off the ground. And get you higher. I wonder if I'm preaching to anybody that's ever felt some resistance. You didn't get in this building without some resistance. You didn't get to this level of ministry without some resistance. Don't you sit there and quit. Don't you feel sorry for yourself. Don't you make up an excuse and give up. Don't you just you know throw in the towel. God's getting ready to lift you up. It may be 1034 with more questions than answers, but you keep on living for God. You keep on doing what God called. It's time to fly. It's time to do what God has called us to do. Yes, there's some resistance. Yes, there's some problems. Yes, there's some issues in the church, but God's going to use that resistance. He's going to use those problems. He's going to use those issues to lift us up above the shadows. Lift us up, Lord, and let us stand. So we're waiting on some resistance. All right. And the pilot said, as soon as we feel that resistance, we're going to start walking. And we're gonna start running and we're gonna start flying. And I thought, isn't that the way it's supposed to work? Some of us want to fly, but we're too scared to walk. Some of us wanna go to the next level, but we don't have enough faith to run. Some of you are going through stuff right now. You do not understand. This church has been through stuff we do not understand. But hear me and hear me well. That's not the time to twiddle your thumbs and throw in the towel and give up. When that resistance comes, that's the time to start walking. And when he says run, I I wish I'd have had a camera of me and my, well, I had one, but of us taking off. Because that had to be a sight. You know, well, I mean, we're on the edge of a mountain. Walking, walking. And then when you, know, and then when you get up, your feet still just like Fred Flintstone, you know. <laughs> so if you're going through anything today, don't quit Walking. If God's not answering every prayer the way you think he ought to, don't quit walking with God. As a matter of fact, intensify that walk and run a little bit. Because if you walk through the resistance and if you run through the resistance, it won't be long until you start flying through the resistance. Walk, run, fly, walk, run, fly. I got a feeling God's about to pick this church up i got a feeling that God's about to turn some situations around. It may be 1034, but keep walking. It may be 1034, but start running. And if you walk long enough, and if you run long enough, the Bible says you're going to mount up with wings as eagles. This thing is going to fly. This is going to work. This is going to get off the ground. If God be for us, who can be against us? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. When it was 10.34, they were one minute from flying. But when that one minute passed, everything changed. And it's been changing ever since. See, we just need somebody to change your present situation. And that one change can change every generation that comes after you. So well, I don't know about my grandbabies and I don't know about you. just change you. I want somebody to grab this. You're closer to the change than you think you are. That one minute from 1034 to 1035 is just a small amount of time. Just 60 clicks on the clock. But it can represent a huge shift in our lives. Uh, let me let me just. I should have I should have got to church early and tried this. Just hang on one second. Sorry, I got to figure this out. Sh- out. Let me get to my. there. Like, okay, this is the back row here. How y'all doing? Good. I felt like y'all probably should see how good looking I really was. So I thought I'd run back here. I'm just gonna see how long it would take somebody. To walk from the back of the church to the front of the church and get to an altar oh man we got plenty of time we got we, we're about 20 seconds right there so let me say it like this you're only about a minute from wherever the furthest point is in this building you're only about a minute Yeah, but I don't know what's going to happen if I get to that altar. Well, it's only a minute. Well, I came last week and nothing happened. Well, it's only one more minute. Walk. Run. If you run, you might even get here before a minute. You see how it happens? How time increases? Walking is slow. Running is faster. Flying is even faster. God is getting ready to position this church. You walk. You ran, but he's got. we're racing the rapture, and now we're going to fly, and we're going to make up time, and he's going to restore the years, and we're going to redeem some time in the process. Now, this next statement may sound strange, foreign, maybe even controversial, which would be the first time I ever said anything controversial. But if you want to experience the lifting, then you've got to be willing to fail. If you're willing to fail, then you're also able to fly the day before we went paragliding i I wanted to act like I wasn't nervous. You know I wanted to be that strong knight in shining armor that she married, but he didn't go on the trip with us, so it was just me and <laughs> but so and so the day <laughs> The day before we we went paragliding, I started watching YouTube videos on what I should expect. And I thought, that looks easy. I can do this. We got this. And then I thought, well, if there's videos on here of successful launches. And so I, I looked up jumps that didn't go so well. And I watched a few of those. I should not have done that. (laughs) And so the very first person on our group that tried to catch the wind on that morning we jumped, he did not get an inch off the ground. He walked, he ran, (laughs) he fell. And I thought, oh boy and I look over to my right and there's my wife and obviously he's telling her to walk and to start running because there they go after he just didn't get off the ground and I'm thinking well if he didn't get off the ground they're probably not going to get off the ground and this little sweet lady here she was running so fast she came out of her shoes literally one of her tennis shoes fell to the ground and I'm like my lord she's losing her shoe. And then one of the instructors went over and picked up her shoe and brought it back so we could take it down. And at that moment, I couldn't help but think of every video that I saw of people tumbling to the ground instead of soaring into the sky. And then I heard the voice behind me, let's go. Even though that one didn't get off the ground, let's go. Even though that one lost some stuff in the process, let's go. I heard the voice behind me say, start walking, start, start running. So I started walking and I started running. I made sure that I kept running. I mean, I was three minutes into the flight and my feet were still doing this. And I got a feeling if some of you could tune your ear into the spirit, you'd hear a voice behind you saying that one may not have gotten off the ground. That one may have lost some stuff in the process, but I hear a voice behind me saying, let's go. Let's walk a little bit. Let's run a little bit. New life, this is our time. It's not 1034. We're not wondering how it's going to happen. It's 1035. Let's fly. Others had to regroup. Others flew without shoes. Others lost some stuff in the process. But God's been good to this church. Every bit of resistance has pushed you up a little bit higher you got to be willing to fail if you want to fly. Peter, you may sink, but if you don't get out of the boat, you're never going to walk on the water. God's still looking for people that will take a risk and live for Him. Our risk-taking days are not over. Fear has controlled us long enough. Doubt has kept us sidelined long enough. Discouragement has derailed us long enough. It's time to trust God that He is still able to do the impossible. He is still able to do the improbable. He is still able to do the supernatural. Quit letting fear keep you on the ground. When God is saying, come up a little bit higher, quit letting fear keep you hostage. Flight didn't end that day in North Carolina. They didn't say, all right, we did it. It kept getting better and better and better. And I hate to admit this, but I watched a football game on the flight yesterday. They didn't do that in 1903. We've got, we've got people going into space because of flight. wouldn't it be awesome for one generation to say we're going to do the best we can with what we have and we're going to trust God to get off the ground here and it may not be off the ground long but what is that going to give birth to for the next generation thank God for what this church has done but what kind of other ministries is this church about to birth and when we get here for the 50th celebration if the Lord tarries we're going to look back and go whoo that was a little bitty plain back when that church started. But look what the Lord has done. Look I think they said it on the video, our best days are not somewhere in the past. God's got stuff in you that you haven't even thought of yet. It's 1035. There's designs that haven't even been drawn out yet of airplanes because you're stuck in what you have right now. But God says just keep flying. Just keep trusting. And I believe it's it's not 1034. We're not going back. It's 1035. We only go forward from here. Cabot, we only go forward from here. New life, we only go forward go forward from here we have taken reverse off of the church we now go forward we advance and you're a part of that this is not the end see there's always there's always tension between vision and the way things are because if vision only described the status quo it wouldn't be vision it would really just be hindsight now, the time 10.34 and 10.35 isn't significant, the significant point that I'm trying to make. I'm trying to say that between the miracle and the mundane is just about a minute. A minute in His presence can change everything. For Paul and Silas, it wasn't 10.34. It was 11.59. 11.59. But at midnight, Paul and Silas sang praises to the Lord, and everything changed. The point I want to make is, you can't let your prison today destroy what could be in your future tomorrow. The same could be said about the woman with the issue of blood, issue of blood. One minute she's an outcast. One minute she is unclean. One minute she's disconnected from her family. But the next minute she is at his feet. She is made whole. She's having a conversation with God himself. So you can't let your pain destroy what could be in your future. Blind Barnabas, blind as a bat at 1034. But he starts worshiping, starts screaming, starts getting excited. Everybody around him, he embarrassed everybody around him. They all told him to calm down. But at 1035, he's able to see the man who healed him. So here's what I want you to understand. You can't let your pride destroy what could be in your future. So I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I feel like I need to tell somebody, don't let your prison, don't let your pain, and don't let your pride stop you from experiencing a 1035 moment in your life because weeping may endure for a night. But joy is going to come in the morning. Some of you have wept long enough. It's time to tap into some joy. It's time to tap into some freedom. We're just one minute away from something supernatural happening in our life. I want you to grab what I'm trying to say. We're just 60 seconds away from something supernatural happening in our life. Let's not get in a hurry right now. Let's not rush this. As a matter of fact, let's take about 60 seconds and just clap our hands and lift up our voice and believe God that something supernatural just about 60 seconds can change everything you came in this away but you can leave that away you came in lost but you can leave found you came in sick, but you can leave healed. You came in discouraged. Come on, that's 30 seconds. I hear a voice saying, Let's go. Let's go. Start walking. Start running. Don't let that resistance scare you. Just because you didn't get off the ground last week, don't let it scare you. Just because somebody lost some stuff in the present, it's time to fly. 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 New life. Let's not get settled down right here. God's wanting to take us higher. God's wanting to do greater things. Clap your hands and give God praise. If you need the Holy Ghost, you can get the Holy Ghost today. If the devil's been trying to hold you down, you can fly a little bit today. Remain standing. Keep clapping your hands and give God praise. If our musicians can come. Twenty-two years ago, it was just a vision. But right now, I stand before you and say it's an appointed time. It's time to read it. It's time to run. It's time to let its will be accomplished. It's, got, it's not going to tarry any longer. It's our time. And so I'm strapped to this guy in Hawaii. And I got my phone out. And I FaceTimed my daughter because was too cheap to take her on vacation with us. <laughs> and I was like, check this out, you know. And then the voice behind me said, hey, get your phone ready for this. I said, okay. He didn't know I was a preacher. But he was giving me so much material. When we took off, it was cloudy. He said, now get your phone ready because you're about to see something unique. I said, okay, what's that? He said, watch that cloud right there. And I said, okay. He said, because your shadow and the sun is about to make an image on that cloud. I said, okay, okay. I like that. let's watch it. And he said, when your shadow crosses over the sun, it's going to make something on that cloud. These are what he, this is what he said that we call glory and I said what did you say he said there's about to be some glory on that cloud I'm hanging 5,000 feet in the air and I'm like sometimes we get so upset because of resistance We get so confused because of clouds, but it's when you get in an alignment with the sun, S-O-N, that you can see the glory revealed on the clouds of the storm that you're going through. I don't know what all this church has been through, but I know you don't build this without going through. So I just wanted to stop by and tell somebody quit letting resistance keep you down quit letting the clouds ruin your day quit letting everything that happened to someone else keep you down that's what God uses to reveal His glory in your situation lift your hands up all over this place vision Vision. Fifth grade Sunday school class was asked to go home and count the stars in the sky as part of their next Sunday school lesson. They came back, the teacher said, How many stars did you count? One kid said a hundred. One kid said fifty. One kid said a thousand. Another one said a million. Finally, the teacher asked one little boy, said, How many stars did you count? He said, Three. The teacher said, How did you only see three stars, Johnny? He said, I guess we have a small backyard. And that is our problem when it comes to vision. Too many of us have a small backyard. But God wants to increase the backyard of your life. God wants to increase the backyard of your ministry. God wants to increase the backyard of this church. It's 1035. It's sustainable. It's possible. We know it can only get better from here for the vision is yet for an appointed time but at the end when that appointment is fulfilled it shall speak every word that's been spoken in prophecy over this church it shall be spoken and it shall not lie it may not have happened yet but wait for it I love this because it will surely come church it will surely come what time is it in your life what time is it in your ministry what time is it in your situation what stage of the miracle are you experiencing what fear do you need to overcome to get to where God wants you to be flight is in our future. It was 1034 and Peter's feet were still dry, but at 1035, everything changed. Peter never asked Jesus for a promise or for a guarantee. He did not say, Lord, promise me I won't sink. Or, Lord, promise me that people won't make fun of me. Or, Lord, promise me that I won't look like a fool and miss it. Promise me, Lord, that my feet won't get wet. Peter didn't ask for a guarantee. He just asked for an opportunity. And God said, The Spirit has been drawing some of you for a long time. And you've used every excuse in the world as to why you haven't done what God's asking you to do. But here He comes one more time saying, Come. I can't guarantee you that you won't fall. I can't guarantee you that you won't lose a shoe. I can't guarantee you that something may happen. I cannot guarantee all that. But I can promise you, as the pastor has already said, He's not failed us yet. And that guy that failed that didn't get off on that run he didn't get back in the van and go down the mountain the way he came he just unpacked his shoot got ready and he took off again rejoice not against me (laughs) you know we pentecostals put a lot of a lot of uh we talk a lot about righteous standards and we should let me give you one that we don't talk a lot about the book says a righteous man falls seven times And he gets back up. That's a holiness standard I can embrace. (laughs) I'm trying to be righteous. I fall. But I get back up. Getting back up is part of being holy. I want to do this altar call in a couple of different ways. But if you're here and God is drawing you and telling you, I've got greater things for you than what you're currently experiencing. And I'm just going to ask you to walk. I'm going to ask you to run. And I'm going to ask you to trust me to let you fly. If that's you, I want you to come forward. If you're saying, all right, God, I'm ready to believe you. If you need the Holy Ghost, it's time to fly. If you need a healing in your body, it's time to fly. Now, if you're a member of this church and you just want to get behind the vision that has been made plain, that has got us to this place, but we want to go further, I want you to step out from where you are And I want you to gather as close as you can. If you don't feel comfortable getting this close, then right where you are, turn your pew into an altar. And I want you to lift up your hands all over this place. God, there are giftings and there are callings. There are ministries that have yet to be birthed. Because quite frankly, it just wasn't time. But today we make the shift. We transition. We go from talking about it to doing it. We go from 1034 to 1035. Somebody's going to leave the ground today. Somebody's going to fly a little higher today. With your hands raised all over this place. Begin to pray. You know your situation. You know what's holding you back. Begin to pray right now. God, I surrender this fear to you. I surrender this doubt to you. Who am I preaching to? I'm ready to go higher. Come on, lift your voice up.